Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Podcast. I'm your co-host Mike Broadbent. Joining me is Rutgers beat writer Craig Epstein. Craig, Rutgers might have saved its season today. Uh, Rutgers went into uh, went into Chicago with kind of the same situation Michigan had. Both teams needed to win this game to, to keep their tournament hopes alive. Rutgers pulled off a, a somewhat shocking win, set, uh, 62 to 50. Shocking in the sense that uh, I don't think we've looked this good since Mawat Mag got hurt. Like, this was just lights-out defense from the team. They had opportunistic offense. It seemed like Pike might have uh, figured something out with letting Derek Simpson just cook in this one. Uh, just tell me your first thoughts after this game. Yeah, I mean, just this game, I mean, completely different. Two, it's really a tale of basically two halves. Rutgers did yeah. have – did. Rutgers did show a little bit of momentum towards the end of that first half, and get, and then they hit that buzzer beater three that put them up. But again, Rutgers started to look good in that for, in, towards the end of the first. But that second half, my God, that was just a completely yeah. different game. I mean, Rutgers defensively gave up what one field goal in 19 minutes. I mean, yeah, the first again, 19 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, that's just insanity. I mean, I, I, like I, when a stat gets like that, like you can't credit all of it to Rutgers defense because uh, there's probably some Michigan shots they should have made that didn't, but. A lot of it, it probably was Rutgers defense. Like you said, all, all, they've played quality defense all year long, so credit to them. I mean, and then they also let up, what, four field goals in the entire second half? I yeah. mean, just just, yeah. just, I mean, just absolutely incredible. So that's from the defensive standpoint. And the offensive standpoint, I mean, you could see, I mean, the first half was basically just, I felt like just dump, kind of dumping to Cliff, kind of that old, kind of like the style they've been playing that hasn't been – Hasn't been successful. Just dump it to Cliff and kind of let him figure it out. But second half, they I thought they used Derek Simpson more. I thought they used him more than I think they've ever really let him run the show than I've ever seen. I mean, they complete. I felt like they completely gave him the keys, and they were rewarded because I mean the guy is like probably the fastest guy in the court out there. Definitely the fastest player on Rutgers. So his explosiveness just completely opens up the entire offense, and away you go. And it's just like. We see it every year, and we probably say it every year. Elite guard play like that wins you games in March. So if Derek Simpson can continue to, you know, play like this and Rutgers can continue to play defense like this, they might – I'm not saying they're going to go on any type of run or anything like that, but they're going to be – they could be a tough out, to, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. It was a, a tale of two halves. Let's first talk that first half because – Rutgers did not get off to a very smooth start. It scored 11 points in the first 12, 13 minutes of that game. They got into an 11, they got into an 18 to 11 hole. And then they started to turn it on. They went on a, a bit of a mini run in the first half to end it. In the final like six minutes, I think they they had like a uh, a 14 to five run. They actually took it. It took a lead, 25 to to 23 late in the first half. They they relinquished that lead. So at halftime, it was 28 to 25. And normally, you know, since Mag's gone out, once we got down even like five, six points, those leads just felt insurmountable. Um, but this team, give them credit, they showed a lot of heart. They showed a definite change in a lot of their approach on offense. 
I do kind of want to talk about that because in the first half, they did show signs of life. Like they're, they're getting open looks. They led Michigan uh, 10 to three on the offensive rebounding edge. So they were getting plenty of opportunities, but they shot 29% as a team in the first half. One of eight from three. In the second half, though, everything changed. <laughs> Michigan could not buy a bucket. Rutgers played outstanding defense. I do think the refs in the second half – well, let me – I'll step back a little bit. What were some of your other first-half takeaways before we talk second oh, half? first half? I mean, first of all, shout-out to, I think, Antoine Wolfolk. I mean, this was yes. – that was this was probably his best performance, like, I've seen him out of this year. I mean, just – I mean, he was basically – it felt like their pulse in the first half. I mean – whether yeah, it was he led the I mean, team in, in scoring in the first half, he had yeah. six points at halftime. Especially, I mean, his defense against Dickinson might not have been you know spectacular, but I mean, the Rutgers was able to hang around, and just his offense was just. I mean, I know it's six points, but those were six really important points, especially that coast to coast. He just, yes. I mean, I mean, what, what, I mean, where's that been? I mean, it's just like wow. It's like that's kind of yeah. that's kind of like that gives you the you know. A, moments where you're like, wow, this guy can really put together, you know, a complete game. He could be a scary player in this league for years to come. So I was just very impressed with Wolfolk. I, I was, yeah, I'll pass it off to you. What did you see from Wolfolk? No, I, I, th- I think that's a, an outstanding take from you because over the last five minutes of the first half, Antoine Wolfolk scored six points, had two offensive rebounds, and got a steal. Like, he was – he was the linchpin of that comeback in the first half because I – I've talked about this time and time again. We are so bad in transition. We saw that again today on fast breaks. We just find every way to just totally bungle a fast break attempt, whether that be terrible passes, bouncing the ball off your knee, you know, giving the other team easy charges, just bricking layups, getting blocked. All those things seem to happen, except on that Wolfolk (laughs) coast to coast rebound to, you know, uh, layup attempt. So I, I give him credit because he seems like one of the only people who could actually do that on Rutgers right now, which is kind of crazy to think. Yeah, I know. Just again, shout out to him. That was that was incredible. Um, but yeah, other things from the first half. I mean, it was. I mean, to be honest, it wasn't a great first half. As it, like, no. like if you look at the whole, if you look at the entire picture, it wasn't a great first half. It just kind of looked like more of the same that we've seen now for the past probably eight games. And but like we said before, just credit to them for. Switching it up in the second half, letting Derek Simpson really, I guess, cook, and the, the Rutgers is, was off and running, and and just won the game. I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. Yeah, I think my other takeaway from the first half was that Rutgers could not defend Hunter Dickinson to save their lives. He was just eating our lunch in the first half. From every time he got the ball in the paint, he was scoring. That dude has some really nice post moves, and he's just a great finisher around the rim. And Rutgers had no answer for him, whether that be Cliff trying to, to body him because he was just playing bully ball. And we tried to do that same bully ball on the opposite end, but Cliff cannot. He's more of a speed center where Hunter Dickinson is more of a bully center where he's also probably got about 50 pounds on Cliff. So Cliff's trying to back him down on the offensive gla- on the offensive end, getting nowhere and just throwing up really ugly shots. And Dickinson's just making it look so easy on the opposite end. I think Dickinson had like 17 points in the first half or something crazy like that. He was just – every time he touched the ball, it seemed like it was going in, and he was going to just back us down. As I said, they showed a stat, I think, during the first half. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, points in the Big Ten tournament, 42. Rest of his team, zero. 
it's just crazy how Dickinson's really the only was the only is the only guy in this team that has any type of you know experience in this type of a game in this type of I guess atmosphere and yeah he he definitely came up to, he came to came to play today and even though Rutgers did a, I think Rutgers did a good job kind of I guess stifling him a little bit more in the second half I mean he still had, mm-hmm. ended up having a tremendous day yeah so let's kind of flip the script second half totally different game. Um, let's talk about some of those things that thought they did really well. I thought they defended Hunter Dickinson so much better in the second half than they did in the first. They weren't letting him get, they basically were just doubling him anytime he touched the ball. They were not letting him get those easy looks. There was a bunch of times where he got like trapped on the baseline and you didn't really have an out for that. So I thought they, you hear a lot of cliche, like we'll have to make some second half adjustments and second half adjustments aren't like a real thing for the most part. But in this game, I feel like it really was. Um, and kind of piggybacking off that, I thought like Rutgers had the looks in the first half. They just weren't hitting shots in the second half, though. They were hitting a lot more open looks, especially, you know, we talked Derek Simpson. Derek Simpson, he went two for nine in the first half. It's not, it's not like he was shooting super well, but in the second half, he just, you know, he was creating a lot more open looks for his teammates. He went four for seven from the field in the second half. So, you know, those open looks he was getting in the first half, he was actually knocking down in the second half. Cam Spencer played a lot better in the second half, as did, you know, Andre Hyatt. You know, he only hit one shot, but he hit that wide open three. We really, you know, have struggled to hit wide open threes all year. Paul, let's, we haven't even talked about Paul yet. I thought Paul played his best game since Watt Mag got hurt as well. Mm-hmm. He had two critical threes. He had that, I think he scored the first basket of the game for Rutgers on an offensive rebound. We were down 7 nothing. I thought Paul played a really good game. Um, so I, I just wanted to shout him out as well, but again, totally different team in the second half than the first. And I also think, I mean, a lot of times with Rutgers, they, and they always say the defense is kind of what propels the offense. But to be honest, at this point, I kind of felt like their offense was, might be kind of giving their defense a little bit of push because it's just like I talked about in a previous spot. It just mentally, it's like you have like Rutgers has to comes into these games and feels like they have to play like picture perfect defense because their offense is just struggling and struggling. And it's like, but this game, whether it was like we said, Derek Simpson, Cam Spencer, whoever it may be, it's like Rutgers can now doesn't have to play maybe picture perfect defense, but they can play still, they still play really good defense. So even if it's just a little weight off their shoulders, it's just like, okay, well now we can, now they have like confidence, you know, with their offense. And it's like, even if we don't get necessarily get, you know, a stop here, we can give the ball to Derek and let him do his thing, or we can spot up Cam and let him shoot a three. And it's like, it's just, I just think this team was just struggling with so much with confidence. It's confidence. And now that they can see that they can, uh, that, that they can put the ball through the hoop, it just builds and builds and builds. And, and then magically, what do you know? The defense, pl- the defense plays to a point where you only give up one field goal in 19 minutes. So it's just like these things, just all these things go hand in hand. And that's the biggest thing is Rutgers has to go back sorry, to play more complimentary basketball. And if they can, again, I don't think they're going to go on any type of run, but they can still be a pain in the ass for any team that they face. Definitely. Um, I, I just thought the, the offense looked a lot more crisp in the second mm-hmm. half as well. Like how many times in the first half did like, Cliff ended up getting the ball on the block with seven seconds left in the shot clock and he had to force something up or Caleb got put into that same position where, you know, we were just like basically like fumbling in the dark until we finally got the ball at the top of the key with eight or nine seconds. So in the second half, I thought we just like something, I don't know if it clicked 
or if we were just – we obviously gave Derek Simpson the keys to, to running the offense in the second half, just for real. Like, we just finally just let him take the ball and do, it, do with it what he's going to, and you, you kind of have to live and die by that. But we just got so many more open looks in the second half because Derek Simpson was able to create those open looks. I also think it's a lot more of a confidence thing with him now, too, because as we've seen yeah. in the past where there might be brief spurts where they would let him, you know, handle the ball and he would turn it over. And it's like – and it would kill the offense. This game, no turnovers. So, I mean, yeah. you can see the improvement coming from Derek Simpson. You can see, you know, game after game, the kid is getting better. And that's why, you know, that's why coming into the season, we were like, this kid, Derek Simpson could end up being, you know, a we like a really good player. It's just like you, you see it. Now it's just all about for him just continue stacking it and stacking it. And even though, and yeah, like you said, he didn't shoot great in the first half, but there was a lot of times where he would miss the shot, but big guys would kind of crash on him because of his speed. And that would leave open maybe a wolf folk, for example, to lay it back in. And that just completely, it just completely opens up your offense and gives it a whole new wrinkle. So even though Derek Simpson might not be a superstar now, there's reason to believe next year Derek Simpson could be a major piece for this team. Absolutely. I mean, Gio talked about it in the interview we did with him, how, you know, it's so hard for young guards to succeed, especially in like the high major conferences, because there's just so much you could throw at them, so much to use to confuse them. And it takes like a full year for even like these top NBA prospects. Like look at a guy like Jalen Hood Shafino. Like he looked like garbage in the first few games, but now he's like he's earning the 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 hype that he had coming into this year. Um, after he's kind of figured things out. It took him a half a season, but he's finally figured it out. And I think that's kind of like what's going on with Simpson right now. He's finally starting to figure it out. And I agree, he's gonna be a huge part of this team next year. Um a guy who we probably haven't seen a guy with his level of athleticism since Jacob Young and Jacob Young wasn't even a full-time starter. So probably since like a Corey Sanders, like this is a guy who is going to make a big time impact on this team, especially with another year in the weight room, another year in Pike's system. I'm really, really high on Derek Simpson moving in, into the future. And I also kind sure. of feel like it echoes a little bit of the kind of how Geo Baker got his start because Corey Sanders yeah. was kind of the main, you know, main scoring piece for them. But the big 10 tournament, Geo Baker kind of started to show out and show that, you know, even though he, I forget, the, I forget what year it was, but that first one, he showed that it's like he might not be a superstar now, but this kid has something, and it's just yep. it's just crazy and it's kind of funny just to see these all these years later. It kind of feels like history repeating itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought this game really turned for me, like in terms of watching the game when they had that like three or four possession series where you know Hunter Dickinson gets blocked by Cliff, and on the following uh, on the following sequence. Caleb goes in and steals it. And then the following sequence, Cliff gets another block. It's like they just put their foot down and they figured something out on defense and the game is over. Like yeah, Michigan had like no they, answer for us. It just felt like they wanted it more. And then you saw even the free throw that uh, Derek missed. What do you know? Yeah. He, he, just, yes. he just runs in, grabs it, lays it back up. And it's like, that's that's huge. Like that, those are huge points. And it's like just, that, just an effort thing. I just felt like Rutgers wanted it more today against Michigan, which I mean is just – I mean, from a Rutgers standpoint, that's great. But from, I guess from a Michigan standpoint, it's like you're playing for your tournament lives. Like you got to come into this with like, you know, I guess more fire, more want. But it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I think it just shows how undisciplined they are. And that starts at the top. Like, I don't think John Howard's a good coach. He's yeah. a great, you know, he's a great rah-rah guy. Like he's a great like hype a team up before a big game. But once, you know, they're in the actual war, he's terrible. Like they have 
you know, one of the best assistant coaches in the country in terms of X's and O's and Phil Martelli. But I, I, I think Juwan Howard's a bit of a, a, a sham coach in general. So mm -hmm. it's not, it never surprised me when they blow a game that they need because he sucks. Um, speaking of sucking, though, I thought the refs in the second half were terrible. Like Rutgers had 12 foul calls against fouls called against them against Michigan's three. Like they were, Michigan was in the double bonus at like the 12 minute mark in the second half. It was just insane. Every time Hunter Dixon touched the ball, they called like a hand check. Every time, you know, Rutgers even breathed on an, a Michigan offensive player, they called a foul. I don't know. I, I thought the refs were really trying to wheel Michigan back into this game, but even, you know, playing eight on five in the second half, Rutgers was able to, to win convincingly. I'm just stunned. Um, I think they ha I felt like they had like three players with four fouls with like five minutes to go and none of them yeah. fouled out. I was, I was like, I was like impressed by that. Yeah. So, uh, Cliff and Paul both had four fouls. Um, Spencer got an early third in hmm. the second half. So he actually, uh, just had to play carefully the rest of the game. Obviously there was a moment at the end of the game where Paul had a bit of a scary incident, um, defending against, uh, I think it was Jet Howard. Um, Jet Howard was jumping out of bounds and was trying to save the ball and he threw it to his teammate and it, it looks like he kind of punched Paul in the head on accident or poked hmm. him in the eye at worst. So Paul came out of the game. He had, you know, he was down on the ground for a few minutes and he had ice on his eye. We play again tomorrow. So hopefully Paul doesn't have any serious type injury because definitely need him to go against Purdue. Um, what do you give our chances tomorrow against Purdue? Not great. I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> Purdue is a uh, top, you know, the top seed for a reason. They've played probably the best. I would say they played the most consistent basketball all season. So again, I mean, if you want to look at it this way, and again, they're going to be looking for revenge because you know, early in the season, Rutgers beat them at Mackey. So again, it's going to be they probably coming in with a revenge of the mind. They're going to say they're not, but they probably are. And it's just, I mean, yeah, I think that first game it was a case of. Both these teams play a very just similar style of basketball, but at the time, Rutgers, I think, just did it better. Now, obviously, without Moat Mag, and even though they did, even though they did win today, I mean, they're still you know not a great team or anything like that. So it's just hard for me to envision. It is hard for me to envision them beating Purdue tomorrow, especially. I'll be honest, I didn't have them winning today. So I mean, if I didn't have them winning today, I definitely don't think I definitely would be a, kind of a weirdo if I had them winning tomorrow, but I am a kind of a weirdo. So I guess you never know, right? So I actually think they have a pretty good chance tomorrow. So mm -hmm. do you know what Purdue's record is in their last eight games? Yeah, they haven't been great. I know they've kind of, yeah. been, they've been sliding the last, you know, so they're you four know, and four in their last eight games. Now, it's a long now season. I can combat you with what is Rutgers in their last eight games. Yeah. And it's not great. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I don't want it. Like when we, when, when, when Rutgers beat them, you know, they were undefeated they were blowing teams out. Nobody was even staying close to them outside of, you know, the Nebraska game early in the season. Um, but they've been playing a lot of close games. They they lost on the road in uh, their last four of their last – the three of their last four games they've played outside of Mackey they've lost. So I don't know. I, I feel weirdly confident. In, in one of those games, they only beat Wisconsin by two. So this is a team that's kind of like Rutgers where they don't play as well away from home as they do – uh, at home. So I don't know. We've, I think Rutgers kind of laid the blueprint out there for how to beat Purdue. You, you double ED every time he touches the ball and then just dare their, their young guards to beat you. And I don't know. I, I have a, a weird amount of confidence in this team right now because it just feels like 
They played today loose. You saw smiles on the guys' faces for the first time in, in weeks. Uh, it just feels like they had a monkey lifted off their back and they could play looser again. So I don't yeah. know. I feel I won't I guess I wouldn't predict a win, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if Rutgers beats Purdue tomorrow. I do think a big aspect is now it does feel like a weight has kind of been lifted off their shoulders. Now they're almost kind of playing with house money because really nobody's gonna nobody's really expecting to go in there and beat Purdue. You might think they could, but nobody's expecting it. Now, yeah, like I said, it's just now is just kind of playing uh, with house money. Now it's up to the um now it's really up to the committee to give them a reason to keep Rutgers out. I mean, I think so I think we'll probably start talking about uh, you know, tournament outlook and things like that. To me, it's just like it's hard to say if the, like it's so weird to say like one game makes or break your season, but it's like look just looking at the bubble. Like Michigan, I did think coming into this game was above Rutgers. I thought Michigan had a better case to get into the tournament over Rutgers. But now after this game, it's just, I don't know. I just don't think, I think Michigan has probably been knocked out with this win just because it's just a flimsy, yep. you know, kind of <laughs> resume they have. Rutgers, uh, man, it's so tough. I think this win, def- I think this win definitely puts them in at least Dayton. I don't want to, so, like, yeah, what were you going to say? I disagree that Michigan has a better uh, case than Rutgers. They're 54th in the net. They're... <laughs> They're eight and fourteen against quad one or quad two. They're they're three and twelve against quad one teams. Rutgers is five five and six against quad one. They're ten and nine against quad one and quad two. They you know they have the four quad three losses, but I think you could have like a bit of an asterisk on that because you know there's a bunch of teams that you have barely slipped into quad three. I don't. Know, I think Rutgers' resume in general is significantly better. It's very close. Me. It was like they don't have. I felt like they don't have the height of the Rutgers wins, but they also didn't have the low of the Rutgers losses. So I felt like kind of their resume was a little bit more balanced. But again, it, it's it's so close that yeah, I could envision today's game was you know a, a, was a win in your in game. I, I could envision that. So just because of just how close these resumes are, it's just crazy. So uh, to me, I think like I said, I think this win. I don't want to say definite, but I do think this win puts them in at least Dayton. I think Michigan now goes to the NIT. And now we'll have to see tonight with, uh, I think, by the way, I think Wisconsin's out. Wisconsin, again, I, I talked about this, oh, I feel like, weeks ago. They stick. I don't, I don't think they're that good. I mean, they lost to, they lost to the, as bad as Rutgers has been playing. We've now we've watched these last eight or now nine games, but they're good today. They lo- Wisconsin lost to that Rutgers team without Caleb McConnell. That right there, that Wisconsin's not getting over Rutgers. So to me, they're done, and they're not, I don't even think they're. Yeah. I wouldn't even put them over Michigan. So to Wisconsin, yeah, they're they yeah. are they're buried under about uh, ten feet of dirt right now. They're eighty first <laughs> in the net. Yeah. Uh, they lost obviously a terrible game uh, last night. They're seventeen and fourteen. Bye. They're done. Yeah, they're um, they're. No, sorry. Yeah, so they're done. I mean, so now we're now I'm, I'm really just looking at more of I guess the Big Ten side of the bubble because then it's just kind of leaves you with just Penn State, and Penn State yep. like again it's just it's, it's so tough because they don't have the height of those Rutgers wins, but I don't think they have the low of those Rutgers some of those Rutgers losses. But Rutgers Rutgers beat them twice. One was a blowout. Yes. One was a 19 point comeback. And I also think if you want to look at the eye test, I'll be honest, if you look at the eye test right now, I think Penn State at this second in time looks like a better team than Rutgers. But again, the two the two match the two matchups, Rutgers won both of them, so it's hard to make the case for me at least. I think 
that Penn State deserves it over Rutgers. It's just again, it's just yeah. the case. They, it's just that's just my belief. What are you saying? Because they don't. They're fifty yeah, fifth exactly. in the net. Rutgers is two and zero against them this year. Rutgers is also forty third in the net right now. I don't think there's any case you could make that Rutgers should or that Penn State should make the tournament over Rutgers because it doesn't exist. Like Penn State yeah. might make the tournament and Rutgers makes it, but they shouldn't make it over them. Exactly. I could obvious. envision that. Yeah. If, if Penn, again, yeah. if Penn State wins tonight, yeah, they're I think they're in. But it's all but for I think from a Rutgers standpoint right now, it's all about looking at who can you not, who can you shoe away, who can you knock off. I think if yeah. Penn State loses tonight, they're probably done. And if they yeah. win tonight, they're probably in. So and then that's another another team you're going to be contending with. And then, of course, there's going to be, like every year, there's going to be bid stealers. And to be honest, I and then you look at the other teams on the bubble, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't watched much of, you know, Oklahoma State basketball or I think Nevada basketball this year, so I can't really speak on their resume. But mm-hmm. it just seems to me that most bracketologists were pretty comfortable putting Rutgers in even before today. So it's just like, to me, it's like if Rutgers was kind of, probably in without this loss, then I would think they're, I would think they're in with this win. I mean, well, yeah, so yeah, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just to me now it's kind of like, I don't know. I think, like I said, Rutgers, I think is likely in, I think worst case they're in Dayton and best case they're, they're just an at large, like, you know, they're just in. And that's, that's kind of my viewpoint on it. Yeah. I I think this game kind of locks them in not only into the tournament, but I think they avoid uh, the first four. Um, I think they're probably on the 10-11 line right now, if I had to guess. If they beat Purdue, I think they'll move up to the 10-9 line, honestly. Um, and then who knows? Like, if, if they beat Purdue, they have a, a matchup where it's either Michigan State or the winner of... Well, even if you beat Purdue, Purdue, I mean, that's still... They're, what they ranked, they're number five in the country, so yeah. you beat, beat Purdue, beat them twice. One on yeah. the road, one on a neutral court. I mean, yeah, like you said, that probably that don't that not only locks them in, that probably bumps them up a seat. So yeah, so they would play the winner of the Michigan State, and then I think I think Iowa plays Ohio State right now. I don't know who's winning that game. That's the team that would move to play against the winner of that game. Wins the winner of that game plays Michigan State. So uh, let's see if that scores live right now. Great podcasting here. <laughs> um, so I, I was currently beating Ohio State uh, 36 to 33 with 15 minutes left in the second half. So, yeah, feel good about this team right now. Um, it was just nice to see all the guys bounce back because this is not the way the season I think anybody envisioned going. And they deserve to make the NCAA, NCAA tournament. They fought through a lot of adversity this year, not only with bumps and bruises type of injuries, but obviously the, the, the Mawat Mag injury. Um, so I feel great for our guys right now because I if think they do get locks it them for, into the tournament. Yeah, and if they do get it done for third straight year, I mean, that's, again, just backs against history. the wall. Yeah, it's history. Yeah, first of all, it's history. Which, Never I done mean, that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And just another year, backs against the wall, needing a win to get in, and they pulled it off. So if, if, if they end up hearing the name Colin Selection Sunday, it's just like they did it again. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also huge because this program felt like it had a ton of momentum. Not only from like where it was earlier this season, but recruiting wise, you know, we're getting five stars to commit to us. You, you really just didn't want to do anything to, that could slow that momentum down or see it as a step back. And now I just see it as like if 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 we are locked into the tournament, which I think we are, there's no way you could say that this was any way a down season or a slowdown of momentum. 
I think it's all up from here because I think we'll have a better team next year than we do this year. Um, but we have plenty of off season to talk about that. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about regarding this game before we yeah, sign off I here, gonna, Greg? I, I mean, Steve's Peichel, I mean, he's going to have to get a new phone now. I mean, what, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> he smashed his uh, – so, if you yeah, you want to explain the story? I mean. Uh, sure. So, after the game, <laughs> uh, they always, you know, interview a player. And they interviewed Derek Simpson, and rightfully so because he played a great game. Um, and they were talking about, you know, what did Steve Peichel say to you guys this week to, to hype you up for this game? And he started laughing, and he said, Steve Peichel – had us, you know, in the locker room and he takes out his phone and he starts smashing it with a hammer and he's saying, don't worry about what people are saying on your phone. Don't worry about social media. Lock in. This is a new season. It's time to just focus. And Derek Simpson was laughing and he said it worked. Like all the guys, you know, just started focusing more and they just felt like they could relax a bit more and credit to Pike because that's, you know, he's a great motivator for these guys and you got to Sometimes when things aren't working, you got to find different ways to, to connect with your guys, and it seems like he did. Yeah, he said, don't listen to what Mike Broadbent and Craig Epson are saying. Those guys are <laughs> idiots. They don't know what uh, they're yeah. talking about. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just – I mean, it's just a – that's just a funny story. And then they showed – as I was uh, listening, I was in the post-game presser, and they asked, I think, Caleb uh, – Caleb, they asked Caleb about it, and he was just like, yeah, guys in the press, hide your phones. Don't take them out. Don't let Mike see them because they <laughs> – and then I think Cliff, I think Cliff like hid like uh, Caleb's phone or something like that. It was like it gave like everybody a good laugh because it's just like, and even Steve after the game was just like, yeah, I'm not sure how that story got out, but you know, I, I, I hate these phones, you know, things like that. I just want these guys locked in, and, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, that's it's just that it's just such a funny story, and just I guess another wrinkle into you know. I guess, uh, or I guess, kind of a peek into you know what uh, the inside inside stuff is like with Rutgers. I mean, he went from I mean, Rutgers went <laughs> Rutgers has gone from pounding nails to pounding phones. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I made a meme about that. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. Um, Steve Peigel just pounded a phone. They called um, the route. So. Oh, and I saw the uh, I saw somebody made a Twitter account. Steve Peichel's, yeah. Steve Peichel's cell phone, and it was said something like, I'm glad everybody's having fun at my expense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a smash phone and just at Peichel phone if you guys want to follow the account. It's, uh, it's Man, our fans are just great with this kind of stuff. Yeah, very so very savvy, very witty. Uh, you wonder who's behind it, but anyway. Call it the great. rally phone. The rally phone. I mean, it could be. <laughs> This is the kind of these are the kind of stories that typically precede a, a a run of some sort. So, just super excited for this team. Super happy that you know we're not going out on a sour note because we lose this game. Even if we do make the tournament, we're probably you know playing in Dayton. We're a beat down team. We're you know what two and seven in our last nine. Like you just can't go into the tournament sliding. You want to go in with momentum in it. Even if we lose against Purdue, there. three and six. Yeah. Three and six. So we would have been two and seven, three and seven, sorry. But, you know, they found a way to get it done, and that's all that counts. Uh, and they won convincingly. So, so I guess now if, if Mrs. Peichel gives him a call, she's he's not ignoring you. He just, yeah. he just smashed it to motivate his team. You got to wonder if that was a prop phone or his actual phone. Well, somebody um, asked him but, if it was a burner or not, and he's like, uh, he just kind of shrugged it off and was like, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, so we play again tomorrow at noon. Um, I believe it's also on the Big Ten Network. So it's going to be another – I had a hard time working this morning. I'm not going to lie. I did not get much done. Uh, sorry sorry to my company. But, um, yeah, tomorrow, noon o'clock <laughs> – noon o'clock. Noon <laughs> Eastern. Uh, tune in because I think it will be a, a better game than what we would have expected 24 hours ago. 
against Purdue. So for me and Craig, this has been another edition of the Night Report podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.